G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come on in. We continue our series of five podcasts dealing with the word atonement. Atonement Podcast 3. Our next question, what does all that mean for us today some three and a half thousand years later? From Romans 3.21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. This is widely regarded as the clearest and fullest description of the gospel that we have in the Bible. Romans chapter 3. All have sinned. Verse 23. As we saw earlier, all of humanity is born alienated from God, not in relationship with him, and therefore missing out on the greatest and the best things in life and in the life which is to come. Such a serious situation could only be remedied at enormous cost. Following Old Testament precedent, which we looked at back in Leviticus 16, an atoning sacrifice was needed to secure the pardon of all those ready and willing to accept it. That sacrifice we know now was no less than Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. He's called a sacrifice of atonement here in verse 25, a word which is originally meant the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, which we looked at earlier in Leviticus 16, where, as we remember, once a year and only once, the high priest would spread the blood which signaled that the people of God were back in God's favour for another year. However, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, secured not just 12 months of the renewed favour of God, but an eternal restoration, so it's just as effective for you and I this night as it was for the Roman church that Paul was writing to mid-first century AD. And in Romans 3, verse 21, we have the adversative word, but which therefore heralds the solution. The text before this verse highlights humanity's unrighteousness and the need of God's righteousness. The words righteous, righteousness and unrighteousness are not exactly everyday words that people today seem to know the meaning of or indeed use, even in some parts of the church. The right the root meaning of the word righteous is as it sounds. 
to be right. But we tend to think of righteous or rightness as being correct over against the code of law or the rules of acceptable behaviour. Perhaps that's a word for later in the series. I don't know. And here we see in the book of Romans that salvation is for all people who believe regardless of who they are and regardless of social status and stature. Salvation is through faith alone, by grace alone, to any person of any age or nation who put their trust in God alone through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus Christ alone and his atoning sacrifice on the cross declared righteous before God the Father because of the atonement through God the Son, Jesus Christ, and him alone. Do you know him? Do you love him? And then in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those whose sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Going on now to our third and final reading of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 are probably the best commentary on Leviticus 16. The New Testament interacting and explaining the Old Testament. Aaron was a type of servant king, as we saw, but Jesus was the ultimate servant king. Aaron, as chief priest, offered sacrifices for the cleansing of sin, including his own disobediences. But Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, fully God and fully human, himself was both the sacrifice and the chief priest. Jesus Christ, who was without sin and had led a perfect life of obedience of God, became sin. We saw that the Day of Atonement was held annually. Once a year, that's it, no more. Try to enter again, you're dead. 
Atonement as achieved by Jesus Christ is the unique, one and only unrepeatable day of Calvary which we celebrate at Easter. It's what we remember when we are partaking of the Holy Communion. That's why the bread and wine only symbolise Jesus' body and blood. If, as some claim, it actually turned into the actual body and blood of Jesus, as some denominations claim, then they're sacrificing Jesus all over again. And that's certainly untenable. Jesus' death was for the once and all atoning sacrifice which makes amends to God for the sins of the world. Jesus alone gives life and offers life to the full, a life which is born from grace, a gift of and from God and from God alone. Jesus ushers in what we call the new covenant. At the time of Jesus being here on earth, the temple was the tabernacle's successor in Jerusalem. In the temple there was a curtain as thick as a hand in the Holy of Holies to prevent anyone entering the holy place unauthorised. At Easter, we may remember when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? The curtain to the Holy of Holies as a temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This symbolised and showed that access to God was now open to all who enter by faith, both Jew and Gentile, young and old. And all because of Jesus of Nazareth and his atoning sacrifice to enable an atonement between God and humanity. Do you know him? And as we saw earlier in Leviticus, at the time, people's sins were dealt with by the blood sacrifices of animals for atonement as coverings for sin. However, the ultimate solution lay not in the continual animal sacrifices of Leviticus and the whole Testament. Why not? Hebrews 10 verse 4 gives the answer. Because it reminds us that the blood of animals could never take away sin, but was only ever a veneer a mask or a covering. That was why it needed to be repeated again and again and again and again and again and again and again. However, it is only through the atoning death of Jesus Christ that sin is taken away. And that was only needed once and only the once. And the annual day of atonement of Leviticus was looking ahead prophetically to the coming of a Messiah who is the man we know as Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus is the permanent sacrificial substitute today. Good news, is it not? You may be vocal. Oh, don't be so English. The words, wow. The death of Jesus, the Lamb of God, was the atonement for all sin, past, present, future. Therefore, this atonement and this atonement alone, which results in salvation for all people of all nations of all ages who were prepared to accept his work on their behalf, providing an atonement between Almighty God and themselves. Nothing we can do can earn the salvation from God's judgment of sin. It's a free gift of grace from God alone, from the wellsprings of his love, grace and mercy alone. But we have to accept it and take it as a free gift. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully human, gives us as people a focal point to respond to God's call upon each of us. 
God, a God of love, does not force people to love him, but he invites all people to be in a living and dynamic relationship with him, calling each person by name, just as he did with me some 40 years or so ago. As I said, I went to church and became a Christian in rebellion against my parents. How some people think I'm rebellious, I've got no idea. They later came to faith because they saw the transformation that occurred. God is love, but he will not force people against their own will to be in a relationship with himself. So that dispels universalism, doesn't it? But his love is absorbing and compelling, and while it never forces, he will always call and lovingly seek. Each person can choose for themselves if they want to take up this offer or not. And the free offer of forgiveness with God and by God, for God, with God is available to all those who choose to accept it. Amazing love shown by an almighty God of love. Thanks for joining us here at Partakers Podcasts. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you, wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ alone and make him known. Our books are also available on Amazon at www.pulptheology.com. See you later.